Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with an up-to-date overview of Kenya's financial markets. However, due to the interconnected nature of the global economy, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to provide you with a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the major markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That's why I created the Market Color Podcast to collate and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This podcast may be useful to fund managers and investors, professionals in the financial services sector, business owners and leaders, as well as Kenyans in the diaspora who are looking for investment opportunities back at home. This week, we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan markets during the 41st week of 2022, and that is from Monday the 10th to Friday the 14th of October. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We start off by looking at the prospects for the global economy. According to the latest World Economic Outlook, which is published by the International Monetary Fund, global economic activity is experiencing a broad-based and sharper-than-expected economic slowdown, with inflation rising higher than it has been in several decades. The factors weighing down the economic outlook include the cost-of-living crisis, the tightening of financial conditions, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and the lingering COVID-19 pandemic. According to the IMF, global growth is forecast to slow down from 6% in 2021 to 3.2% in 2022 and further down to 2.7% in 2023. This is the weakest growth profile since 2001, except maybe for the global financial crisis and the acute phase of the COVID-19 pandemic. Global inflation is forecast to rise from 4.7% in 2021 to 8.8% in 2022, but expected to decline to 6.5% in 2023. The IMF recommends that monetary policy should be sustained to restore price stability and fiscal policy should aim to alleviate the cost of living pressures while maintaining a tight stance that is aligned with monetary policy. The IMF states that structural reforms can further support the fight against inflation by improving productivity and easing supply constraints. Moving on swiftly to the latest on U.S. inflation. 
the U.S. Consumer Price Index, which measures consumer prices for a wide variety of goods and services, increased by 0.4% for the month of September. This as inflationary pressures continue to weigh down on the U.S. economy. The inflation data was released by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which noted that on an annual basis, headline inflation remained elevated at 8.2%, but was off its peak of around 9% that was recorded in June. Excluding volatile food and energy prices, core inflation accelerated by 0.6% for the month and was up 6.6% over the past one year. Shifting gears to the United Kingdom, despite a major reshuffle and the scrapping of a pledge to cut taxes by the UK's Prime Minister, it appears this wasn't enough to placate markets as the sterling pound and UK government bonds continued to sell off. The new Prime Minister was forced to reverse plans to scrap an increase in the UK's corporation tax, an announcement which had sent markets into turmoil since it was proposed. Hours before Friday's announcement, the Prime Minister sacked her finance minister, who had served in that position for just 37 days. The U.S. stock market whipsawed throughout the week as investors weighed new inflation data that will inform the Fed as it continues to hike interest rates to cool off rising inflation. On Friday, stocks slumped across the board, capping off a volatile trading week as the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell about 404 points to close the day at 29,634. However, the Dow was still up about 1% for the week. The S&P 500 shed 2.37% to 3,583, and the Nasdaq Composite slipped 3.08% to close the week at 10,321. Both the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq ended the week lower falling by 1.5% and 3.1% respectively. In the U.S. bond market, U.S. Treasury yields rose as markets digested the higher-than-expected consumer price index and kept a close eye on the U.K. economy as the Bank of England's emergency bond-buying program comes to an end. The yield on the 10-year Treasury rose 6 basis points to 4%, while the two-year Treasury yield rose six basis points to 4.5%. Markets continued to absorb the Consumer Price Index reading, which showed that inflation had risen more than expected in the month of September. The Federal Reserve has been hiking interest rates to push back against persistent inflation, despite investor concerns about this leading to a recession. Analysts are expecting another 75 basis point rate hike to be announced at the central bank's next meeting in early November. In the commodity markets, the International Energy Agency on Thursday cut its oil demand forecast for next year, warning of a potential global recession. And as a result, 
oil prices plummeted more than 3% on Friday as fears of the global recession and weak oil demand outweighed support for a massive supply cut that was recently announced by the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. Brent crude dropped 3.1% to settle at $91.63 a barrel, while the U.S. benchmark WTI, that's West Texas Intermediate, fell 3.9% to $85.61 a barrel. Both Brent and WTI were down 6.4% and 7.6% respectively for the week. Marbon oil, which Kenya imports, decreased to $93.96 a barrel from $95.21 the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold fell more than 1% on Friday, dragged lower by a stronger U.S. dollar, and worries that the Federal Reserve will persist in hiking interest rates to curb rising inflation. Spot gold fell 1.3% to $1,644 per ounce and was down 2.9% for the week. According to analysts, the price of gold is increasingly correlated with the value of the U.S. dollar and could fall to as low as $1,600 per ounce. On the currency front, the sterling pound fell sharply against the U.S. dollar on Friday. This was even after the British Prime Minister reversed course on parts of the proposed economic package that has caused havoc in the U.K. financial markets. The pound was down 1.5% and was last seen trading at 1.1166 versus the U.S. dollar. The dollar, on the other hand, continued to strengthen against the Japanese yen, hitting a fresh 32-year peak of 148.86 yen per dollar. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets. And we start off by looking at the latest data on economic growth. The Kenyan economy recorded a strong performance in the second quarter of 2022, supported mainly by non-agricultural sectors. The economy grew by 5.2% in quarter two, supported by strong activity in the financial services sector, transport and storage, wholesale and retail trade, as well as real estate and construction sectors. However, performance of the agriculture sector remained subdued due to unfavorable weather conditions. On exchange rates over the past one week, the Kenya shilling remained stable against major international and regional currencies. The Kenya shilling was trading at 120.94 versus the U.S. dollar, 133.45 versus the sterling pound, and 117.40 versus the euro and against the regional currencies one kenya shilling was changing hands for 31.71 ugandan shillings 19.28 tanzanian shillings and 8.81 rwandese francs on foreign exchange reserves the country's usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at 7.294 billion dollars which is equivalent to 4.11 months of import 
cover. This meets with the central bank's statutory requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover. Point to note, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have now dropped to the lowest level in seven years, a clear indication of the reduced foreign funding amid a faster growth in imports compared to exports. Foreign exchange reserves are largely used to service external debts and also serve as a backup fund for emergencies such as the devaluation of the shilling. The latest data on diaspora remittances shows that the inflow of diaspora remittances in the month of September 2022 totaled $318 million compared to $310 million in September 2021, an increase of 2.6%. The cumulative inflows for the 12 months to September 2022 totaled an astounding $4 billion compared to $3.53 billion for the same period in 2021, an increase of 13%. The strong inflow of remittances continues to support the current account as well as the Kenya shilling exchange rate. The United States remains the largest source of remittances into Kenya, accounting for 59% of total remittances in the month of September. In the money markets, during the past week, the liquidity situation in the money markets decreased as tax remittances exceeded and more than offset government payments. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the 5.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 23.6 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 5.05% compared to 5.40% the previous week. During the week, the average value traded increased to 16.1 billion shillings from 14.4 billion the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 13th of October, and the central bank received bids totaling 28 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 116.7%. The central bank accepted most of the bids for a total of 27 billion shillings. Interest rates increased marginally but remained stable, with the 91-day rate rising 2.2 basis points to 9.05%, while the 182-day rate ticked up by 1.7 basis points to 9.65%, and the 364-day rate remained relatively unchanged at 9.91%. Please note that in consideration of Mashujade on Thursday the 20th of October, the auction of treasury bills for this upcoming week will close at 2 p.m. on Wednesday the 19th of October. In the bond market for the month of October, the central bank is still looking to raise an additional 20 billion shillings from the sale of a fresh bond issue that is FXD1 stroke 2022 stroke 25. That means it has 25 years to maturity 
and whose coupon will be market determined. This new bond is now open for sale until Tuesday, the 18th of October. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange, during the week under review, the equities market was on an upward trajectory with the NASI, the NSE 20, and the NSE 25 increasing by 2.8%, 1.4%, and 3% respectively. However, their year-to-date performance remains in the red with losses of 22% for the NASI, 11% for the NSE 20, and 17% for the NSE 25. The equities market performance was mainly driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks such as East African breweries, which increased by a whopping 24%, Bamburi rose by 3.8%, Safaricom inched up by 3.2%, and Standard Chartered Bank edged up by 2.6%. These gains were, however, moderated by losses recorded by banking stocks such as NCBA Group, KCB Group, and Diamond Trust Bank, which declined by 4.5%, 2%, and 1% respectively. Meanwhile, market capitalization increased by 4.2%, while equity turnover declined by 24%. In related news, the British multinational firm Diageo is seeking to acquire an additional stake of 14.97%, in East African breweries that is valued at 22.7 billion shillings, and this will see its shareholding rise from 50.03% to 65%. Diageo, which is the world's largest manufacturer of spirits, said it wants to buy an additional 118.4 million shares at an offer price of 192 shillings, which is a 40% premium over the previous market price. On Thursday, the East African brewery stock closed the day trading at 138 shillings. However, after the announcement, the price shot up and was trading at about 170 shillings just before the market closed on Friday. And now a look at Kenya's national debt. According to the Central Bank of Kenya, total government debt as of June 2022 stood at 8.58 trillion shillings. This was equally divided between domestic debt at 4.29 trillion shillings and foreign external debt at 36.58 billion US dollars, which is equivalent to 4.29 trillion shillings. Kenya's debt to GDP ratio now stands at 70%, which is 20% above the IMF's recommended threshold of 50% for developing countries. Next up, a quick look at the economic calendar. On Tuesday, the 18th of October, China will publish its gross domestic product for quarter 3 2022 to give the markets an indication of the pace of economic growth in the world's second largest economy. On Wednesday, the 19th of October, the UK will release its consumer price index, which measures the rate of inflation and will give the markets an update on inflationary pressures in the UK and the pace of future rate hikes by the Bank of England. 
On Thursday, the 20th of October, the People's Bank of China will announce its interest rate decision based on the inflationary outlook for the Chinese economy. However, despite China's importance in the global markets, the decision will have little to no impact in the markets as the Chinese economy and its currency are tightly controlled by the central government. And now we look at the topical issues for the week. The first issue is on the proposal to issue a local dollar-denominated bond. As the Kenya shilling continues to weaken, more Kenyans are preferring to hold their savings in U.S. dollars, and this was confirmed by the latest data from the Central Bank of Kenya, which showed that banks and individuals are holding up to 905 billion shillings worth of dollar deposits. In light of this information, President William Ruto on Tuesday announced that his government will issue a local dollar-denominated bond as the government looks for alternatives to fund the budget at a time when Kenya is struggling to access the foreign debt market due to the high cost of borrowing as investors demand rates as high as 22% to lend to the country. The second topical issue is on Kenya being fined 1.3 billion shillings for defaulting on the SGR loans. Based on articles appearing in both the Nation newspaper and the Business Daily, Kenya has defaulted on the repayment of Chinese loans that were provided to build the Standard Gauge Railway. According to documents obtained from the Treasury, the Chinese banks have fined Kenya a total of 1.3 billion shillings in the financial year ended June for loan defaults. Kenya has borrowed over 500 billion shillings from the Chinese lenders to fund the construction of the SGR from Mombasa to Naivasha. Kenyan taxpayers have now been forced to shoulder the burden of the SGR because the revenues generated from the passenger and cargo services are not sufficient to meet the operational costs which stood at 18.5 billion shillings in the year to June, against revenues of 15 billion shillings. China is Kenya's biggest foreign creditor and accounts for about 30% of Kenya's external debt servicing costs. According to the budget documents, Kenya spent a total of 118 billion shillings on Chinese debt repayments in the last fiscal year. However, on Thursday, the Treasury denied the report that China had penalized Kenya for delayed payments and maintained that Kenya has not defaulted on its public debt and neither has it accumulated any repayment arrears. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, in addition to our usual audio directories, that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, the Market Color Podcast is now available on YouTube. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please 
feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri is spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. And as usual, I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And until then, remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Thank you and God bless.